everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast! That's the newscast theme song right now, okay? Um, welcome to back to the Anime Summit Newscast, everybody. It's April 10th, 2020. Uh, are y'all feeling the cabin fever yet from isolation? <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, I mean, in 2018 and 2019, they were kind of mentally bad years for me. And I stayed home a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I, I still went out once in a while. Like, um, I'm not really a bar kind of person, like, going out like that. Um, when I go out, quote-unquote, with friends or whatever, it's like, we go to a movie and then maybe go to, like, you know, uh, Perkins or Denny's or something afterwards. Something like that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really go out. Or we go to the mall, walk around, and... And, like, maybe go see a movie at the mall and then go home. You know what I mean? Like, going out for me is not going to the club and the bars and shit. Um, and even, or going, I just go to people's houses and shit, you know? And so I stayed home a lot anyway. So staying home for me now is really not that hard. <laughs> and it's not like I'm introverted or anything. It's just, like, I was, uh, you know, when depression takes a toll on you, you kind of just stay home a lot or whatever. So um, I'm actually ambiverted. So, like, I can be both depending on the setting um which is really nice i'm actually really lucky and privileged to be that way because a lot of people are just one or the other so but yeah no like if are you guys getting cabin fever if i uh, hope not i hope not i hope you guys are doing okay hope you guys are staying sane and staying safe obviously more importantly and um today well not today but like you know yesterday because you're gonna hear this on Saturday, but yesterday we released an AO episode that we did with Shocking. Me and Danny just chilled with Shocking. I got a couple more planned for you guys, just as extra content for the week. So if you are an Anime Summit fan, that means this week you got three things. You got the re- the regular episode, the AOQ episode with Shocking, and then you get the newscast. And then if you're a patron, you got four things because the solo cast that I did is going up tomorrow or today as well. Actually, it's available right now if you're a patron. Yeah, when you hear this, it'll be available now. So if you're a patron um, and you're listening, you should go to the patron page right now. Check out the first patron-exclusive podcast, which is also the first solo cast um, which is me, moi. Um, so yeah. Um, that being said, let's get right into the newscast. First, I want to dedicate this episode to anime historian Yasushi Watanabe. He passed away in uh, March 27th. He was 86 years old. He was born in Osaka. He co-authored the Nihon Animation Nigaishi, the history of Japanese animated film. Um, very popular book. Um, he also did came out with a book in the 80s called Gekicho Anime 70 Nenshi, which was 70 years of animated feature film. And uh, he he was very into like Disney animation and how that started. He was very into anime and he was one of the, the, the few out there. He was one of the unsung heroes of anime, obviously. Like there's we have our animators, we have our voice actors. We have our studios and things like that, our key animators, our directors, and things like that. And we always talk about them, but we never talk about the heroes in the back, the ones who are so big of such a big fan of anime or animation in general that they're preserving history, they're preserving things and making sure that stuff stays alive and it gets passed down and gets told to people. So 
This is for Yasushi Watanabe. Also, I want to dedicate this app to uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi, who was 82. He had lung cancer. Um, he died just uh, today, actually, uh, as I'm recording this uh, today, uh, Friday. Um, uh, he had that diagnosis a couple years ago, and he just, uh, yeah, he was one of the directors. He did Labyrinth of Cinema. He did... Uh, the girl who let them time novel, uh, the drifting classroom manga. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. He was a recipient to the person of cultural merit honor in 2019, the medal with purple ribbon and the order of the rising sun, uh, given to him by the Japanese government. Really awesome guy. So he's been, he's been in film for 60 some years. He's amazing. So yeah, this episode is dedicated to you both. Thank you so much. Of course, let's start off with the non-anime news, and then we'll get into the anime news. I got a lot of news, actually, today, so it's going to be fun. Um, Streets of Rage 4 came out with a new trailer, which will be available soon. I think it's... When is it coming out? Dang, when was it? Um, It's coming out soon, but... um. Streets of Rage 4 has announced that they are going to do a limited run by... Um, if you don't know what Limited Run is, Limited Run is this website. Um, they're a company called Limited Run Games. And what they do is they you can buy games from them online and get codes and shit like that. Um, but they, they do remake carts of, like, new games. So, like... And, and old games. So, like, Streets of Rage 4, obviously, is a new game. But they're making... Um, uh, um, and this this one's not an actual reproduction cart, um, but this is a clamshell case, uh, where it looks like a Sega Genesis hard shell case, but it has the PS4 CD inside. So it's like it looks like a Sega game, but it's the PS4 CD on the inside, which is super cool. Um, of Streets of Rage Four. So Limited Run Games is doing that. It's like a special edition. It's really cool. Um, they've also done things like, uh. Re, uh, reproduced Mega Man X1 cartridge because it was, you know, uh, the anniversary. They've done some Star Wars things, a Star Wars Nintendo cartridge for, like, this uh, thing. This, like, uh, or GAF, I think it is. GAF. They do, like, big box PC games that are supposed to be, like, you know, like the old school big box PC. They're, they're awesome. Anyway, they came out with that, with that announcement in a new trailer where they're adding um, these extra modes and you can unlock, like, 20 some other characters and those 20 some other characters are are the original sprites of all of the fighters from the previous streets of rage so if you want to play streets of rage one axle you can if you want to play streets of rage two axle you can streets of rage three axle you can you can play dr zon you can play skate um in their original pixel form in the new game which is really cool i love streets of rage it's my literally one of my favorite things of all time. I love Toe Jam and Earl and Streets of Rage. They're my two favorite Sega games. I love them so much. So that's really cool. So last week we talked about Integrates, that are the company who did Mega Man Zero and Azure Striker Gunvolts and things like that. We talked about how they were teasing something new. Well, they had a game come out in January 2019 called Dragon Marked for Death, which was sort of like a Metroidvania style game, but it had like that, it, it, the same artist who did Mega Man Zero art did the art for this and some of the pixel design for this and things like that. And it is, 
coming out for PC on April 21st via Steam with the game with the 3.0 update. So it's pretty much a, an updated version of the game. Um, really cool, really cool game. I never got to play it obviously because um, I would have bought it on PC. I think it came out on console, but I don't know if it did for like uh, America console, American console. I think they had said there was always gonna. But anyway. Oh, no, it was digital. Okay, but it was there was a physical release in January. Okay. But, like, anyway, it's coming to Steam with an updated version, and it's a really cool game. If you like Metroidvania-style games, you kind of like the side-scroll platforming action, Metroidvania, um, this is a sweet game. I really... Well, I've never... I mean, I've never played it, but it looks fucking sweet. Dead Island 2 might not be dead after lo- listing job... Uh, job listing... After job listing surfaces... Um, Dead Rising 2, they revealed this shit in 2014 at E3, and that's six years ago. Obviously, people are wondering where it is. Um, you know, they, they listed some, some jobs, some job postings, so people are kind of speculating, oh, maybe they just need a little more extra help and they're doing okay. Uh, which is good. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things I mentioned throughout the episode that are delayed due to the pandemic, which is like, you know is scary, but we will, uh, get to that and I'll make sure if it's important that we will list it. And like I said, in the last newscast, make sure you're looking stuff up. Um, things that animes that are coming out games, things that you're looking forward to, you know, just Google it and see how the company's handling it. Um, but cyberpunk 27, 2077 studio says game is on track for September. So they announced it would be coming out September and then, don't forget also that if you get an Xbox Series X or whatever that new one is called, and you the new Xbox, if you purchase Cyberpunk for the Xbox One and then you get the new Xbox, you will get the game for the new Xbox for free. Um, they're not going to make you buy it twice. Because um, obviously they know you're going to want to buy it when it comes out, but then also when the new Xbox comes out, you'll probably want it for that. So you can get it for free that way. So that's pretty cool. Um, Echo comes to Overwatch next week. Her trailer came out uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, some some PTR play hit YouTube a few weeks ago also. She seems like a really cool character, honestly. Um, but yeah, she hits Overwatch next week. So if you are if you are playing Overwatch, Echo is now coming to uh, the game next week. She was first revealed in the trailer for Ash... Um, or not the trailer, but the cinematic movie that featured Ash, um, in which McCree recovers her from a cargo ship. It was fucking cool. Um, dude, the dual sense, uh, controller was revealed by Sony the other day. And what, what this is, is, is a new controller by PlayStation. So it is not the dual shock anymore. It is now a new controller called the dual sense, um, and this is what is going to be used on the PlayStation five. It looks pretty, pretty crazy. Actually, it does not remind me of a, a, a PlayStation controller at all. I mean, it does, but it almost is kind of like a fusion of like a 360 controller or actually you could say it's a kind of a fusion of an Xbox one controller and a PlayStation four controller kind of, um, but they introduced the PlayStation 5 DualSense wireless controller, and it's the evolution of the classic DualShock. The controller is slightly lighter, and uh, 
it, they want to main they want it to have a controller that maintain a strong battery life that is rechargeable. Uh, Nishino Hideki Nishino. Uh, who is a senior vice president of Sony, said, based on our discussions with developers, we concluded that the sense of touch within gameplay, much like audio, hasn't been a big focus for many games. Accordingly, the controller uses haptic feedback and has trigger tension. Overall, the angle of the band triggers and the grip of the controller is different from previous ones. Nishino says that as the company tested the controller's ergonomics with players of varying hand sizes and wanted to feel smaller than it really looks. Um, in other changes, the share button has been replaced by the create button. The share functionality is still there, but is being added onto with more in-depth details regarding the create button coming later. Like the PlayStation 5 itself, audio is also a point of the emphasis of the DualSense controller. It features a built-in mic for game chat, although chat via headset is still possible. Nishino says its final form of the DualSense is currently being shipped out to developers, so perhaps we'll start hearing about how they're going to implement things on that and stuff like that it looks really cool it doesn't look too complicated um as somebody who's like currently um learning how to fix consoles and controllers and things like that um it doesn't look that complicated which is nice for me because i like to be able to open my controllers and clean them and fix them if i have to um i just learned how to do switch joy con controllers so that's really nice um yeah so i'm excited for that uh, Google makes Stadia Pro free for two months. and eh, nobody cares. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> the, remember last week we talked about the Super, or was it two weeks ago? Either way. We were talking about the Lego Super Mario set. They released, like, a little trailer for it, which is super, little video trailer for it, which is cute. It, it shows you everything it comes with. Um, yeah, just type in Lego Super Mario on YouTube. I think you can find it on the Lego, official Lego YouTube channel. Um, also last week, remember we talked about that game Sea of Stars and it was like a, it was like a, um, it's by the, the, the game studio Sabotage. Um, and it's supposed to be like a JRPG kind of homage to JRPGs, uh, very heavily inspired by Chrono Trigger. Um, well, an update on that game, we talked about how it was super inspired by Chrono Trigger and how I was like, oh man, it totally looks like Chrono Trigger. And I was all excited about it because I love Chrono Trigger. If you've made, never played Chrono Trigger, you definitely should. Um, the composer of uh, who worked on Chrono Trigger, the music composer who worked on the actual game Chrono Trigger is contributing music to the Sea of Stars soundtrack. That is freaking amazing, dude. That is so fucking cool, dude. I love Love that so much. If you've never played Chrono Trigger, you've obviously never heard the soundtrack. Honestly, you could just listen to the soundtrack without having played the game and know like how amazing it is. I mean, it, it's so good. It's so catchy. It's so beautiful and peaceful. And the battle themes are super serious and like like it's almost like you're. It's like a movie, man. It's fucking amazing. It's so good. Um, I remember at an anime convention probably like i don't know when i was in my earlier 20s when i was younger um i bought i don't know i was in high school i think i bought my brother in the dealer room there's there was this one person who always came uh from uh, this guy who lived in iowa and he is like he has like an anime store down there he always his thing at this convention was always to bring imported cds japanese cds so he had like j-rock bands j-pop he had anime soundtracks he had video game soundtracks and he, for some reason he had this like double disc special edition chrono trigger soundtrack 
on on CD and he only had it for ten bucks. I was like, is this seriously only ten bucks? He's like, yeah. So I bought it for my brother because Chrono Trigger is my, one of my brother's favorite games. And that thing was so cool, man. It's a, such a good soundtrack, honestly. Keep an eye out for this game, though, Sea of Stars. Um, I felt like I meant to talk about Sea of Stars, and I ended up discussing about Chrono Trigger for a minute. I'm sorry. But if you've never played Chrono Trigger, you literally should play Chrono Trigger, for real. But yeah, Sea of Stars looks super sick. Um, let's get into some movie and comic book news, shall we? Um, actually, not so much comic book news, but... Um, Star Wars The High Republic films will reportedly feature a young Yoda and Darth Bane. Though the Rise of Skywalker's box office momentum is kind of tailing off, um, Disney's got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline. One of those things is The High Republic. Uh, TV shows like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the second season of The Mandalorian, and a Knights of Old Republic trilogy films. Uh, they recently revealed that a film saga that takes place during the High Republic era um, will be set 400 years before the Skywalker saga that we've all been watching. Um, but it's it might feature a younger Yoda and uh, Darth Bane, obviously. Probably a young Palpatine, which is super sick. Like, I mean, I'm excited for that. I'd love to see that. Of course, people want to see the future. They want to know what the future holds now that we have Rey who is like kind of a gray knight and things like that. But I think people, I think now more than ever right now, it's time to move away from the Skywalker saga. We've been watching the Skywalker saga for many decades now. I mean, those films came out in the the seventies and eighties and then the late nineties and two thousands for the prequel. And then obviously last decade is when the, the, the sequel trilogy came out and that was all that all had to do with Skywalker. And I think we're ready to move on from that. Um, so obviously I want to see more Ray cause I love, I love Ray. I think they kind of could have done more with her obviously, but, um, but you know, like this is going to be sick. People want to see this because these are characters that we know. And now it just kind of comes down to like how we handle them and, or how they handle them. So that'd be kind of sick. Um, a new streaming service called Kibi just launched and it's po- positioned itself to be one of the most unique entities in the streaming wars, the streaming wars for two distinct reasons. For one, the service is concentrating on shows that are exclusively five to 10 minutes per episode. And secondly, the service is exclusive to smartphones and tablets. It's a rather untested design for sure. Although the service has invested 1 billion in content and raised 1.75 billion from huge Hollywood directors like Sam Raimi, Guillermo del Toro, and Steven Spielberg. The service is marketing by saying it's offering subscribers bite-sized entertainment that they can take in during the intervals of their day when they need to kill time. That's kind of I mean, that's cool. Um I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. That's kind of weird. I, I want to keep my eye on that though. I thought it was interesting, so that's why I clicked on it. But yeah, dude. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong toy. Uh, A new toy came out for the Godzilla vs. Kong uh, series, which is the Legendary Pictures Monster Universe. Um, Apparently, they were showing images of the new toy, and it revealed a new Titan, Monster Titan, that's in the movie or something. And it's like, whoops. (laughs) So they kind of leaked uh, things to Playmates toys. Uh, Good job. Y'all fucking leaked that shit. Anyway... I don't know how I feel about this Monsters universe, um, but apparently, I mean, I don't know. I 
I saw, I did see the 2014 one with Brian Cranston, which I thought was not very good. I still haven't seen King of the Monsters, or I haven't still haven't seen Kong Skull Island, although I heard Skull Island was pretty sweet. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, comedian Ronnie Chang, or uh, not Chang, but Chiang, Chiang, uh, boards Marvel's Shang-Chi, which is awesome. Uh, he was in Crazy Rich Asians. He's a comedian. He's had a couple stand-up specials. Um, I think one of his is on. I don't know if that's a Netflix special per se, but I think one of his specials is on Netflix. Um, if you've never heard of Ronnie Chang, uh, he's he's hilarious. He's pretty funny. He did star in. He's also one of the correspondents on The Daily Show, by the way. Also, um, but yeah, he has his own comedy series on Comedy Central called Ronnie Chang International Student, where he uh, travels abroad to study for and you know studying for college and stuff like that. I think he's really hilarious, and he he does like make asian jokes obviously um but like they're kind of funny for everybody which i appreciate like i think it's i I like that i like it as an asian person and then i think anybody who's non-asian can appreciate his humor for sure um but yeah no he's he's pretty funny so i'm excited for marvel shang chi especially like shang chi is one of the coolest like most underrated marvel heroes in my opinion and he's fucking badass dude um Supergirl season five lands new return date. The only reason I bring this up is because the CW, um, they, you know, they put a hold on a lot of stuff, obviously because of the pandemic, but they're already announcing like return dates and stuff. And I can only assume that this was stuff that they had already like filmed. Like they were, they were trying to film as much stuff as possible. Um, before they had to like fully shut down stuff, I think. And I think this is the stuff they're announcing. Um, so Roswell, New Mexico, Supergirl, Batwoman, uh, the new whose line is it anyway, which I heard is not that shit, not that good. The Flash, Riverdale, Katie Keene, Charmed, In the Dark, Nancy Drew, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Dynasty, uh, all that stuff. So, like, you can find on their official, like, social media pages the schedule and everything like that. Um, but most of these are uh, April 20, April 15th for New Riverdale, things like that. Um, Dan DiDio on, where's D- on where DC's New 52 went wrong and the problem with the rebirth. Um, me and Danny and Shocking kind of talked about this on our AO episode that came out yesterday, today, whatever. And we we didn't go too in depth, but like it was kind of goofy how they were they were doing what they're doing the rebirth after they already had the new fifty two. Anyway, let me just read this to you. Former DC co-publisher Dan Didio has spoken about the issues with the New 52 as well as the biggest problem with the DC Rebirth initiative. During a drink and draw live stream alongside Marvel editor-in-chief Joe Quesada, uh, Didio discussed where he felt the New 52 went wrong. According to Didio, not as much time was spent on the second year of the New 52 as the first. And he said... In quotes, probably my biggest regret is making things happen too quickly sometimes. We spent a good six to eight months building the new 52, rethinking the characters, the designs, the villains, everything so that it made sense. The former co-publisher went on to say that he felt things began to move quicker and and that less time and energy was being invested in new development and improvements or making changes to the characters that it felt like he was worthy of a new direction for a line. Didio then stated, fans don't have a point of reference anymore. You feel the wheels falling off the cart. Uh, he later uh, added that when Rebirth came along, there was an opportunity to bring back missing elements from the DC universe. Unfortunately, once you put that in, you also put in the things that made you want to relaunch the line in the first place. The characters got stagnant again. The whole point of storytelling is to change and evolution. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's very important that as an artist, like, okay, so 
obviously like you, an, an artist's worst an artist's worst critic is themselves i can attest to that 100 percent um but also i think it's good to recognize things like this he's not being too hard on himself here he's not criticizing um himself too hard i think he's just kind of now realizing why things went down the way it did and how it happened the way it did and he's just kind of pointing that out and maybe it's just like you know when you talk about things like this when these critiques on yourself as an artist or whatever it is you're doing your job or your work or, or your art whatever uh your creation uh yeah um, you kind of want to it, – it's good to talk about it out loud because then that way you can make sure you don't do that same thing in the future. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate um, uh, him kind of coming out and talking about that. Um, this is a Drink and Draw podcast, and that's when that's what he was on. So he talks about the comic industry and that shit too. So that's really cool. Is John Cena teasing an Exo Manowar movie? We did talk about the Valiant Cinematic Universe, and they were talking about John Cena perhaps uh, playing Exo Manowar, the armored space hero. So that's going to be kind of crazy if that happens. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder's first concept art revealed. Whoa. Is that supposed to be her armor? What is this? This looks crazy, man. I guess it leaks if you go to the uh, there's a Twitter, unofficial Twitter called Art of Marvel, and some it looks like somebody took a picture of this and uploaded it or something. So that's why this must. Oh no, that's not her armor. This must be some alien shit or something like that. But it looks fucking cool. Oh, that might be her armor actually. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm excited for that, man. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, uh, Taika Waititi, you know he's doing it again. So that's gonna be sick. Uh, the most disturbing movie of all time is getting a sequel video game <laughs> horror fans have a complicated relationship with Regaro Diodato's cannibal holocaust it's often regarded as one of the most horrific films of all time and it is one of the banned films on Britain's video nasties list director Diodato uh was brought up on all obscenity charges and all kinds of stuff like you can read all about that um that movie if you've seen it it came out in 1980 um it, <sighs> It, it's it's yeah it's 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 definitely one of the first like graphic body horrors to like become infamous come be kind of come famous it kind of brought body horror to the forefront but when you think about it compared to some of the stuff that comes out now like like hostel came out when i was in high school right hostel yeah it was like um that was really disgusting that was a disgusting movie it wasn't even scary it was just gross um if you compare that to this Maybe this is a little more gory than Hostel, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's really not that big of a deal anymore, which is kind of fucking weird. But anyway, I guess it's getting a sequel video game, which is kind of goofy. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, they charged him with like animal cruelty and uh, things like that. And there actually is animals getting killed on it, which is really kind of weird. Um, but there was... Uh, one one thing I remember specifically reading about was there was a, a girl uh, who was impaled through the butthole and then out her mouth. So um, they, they, like, brought him up on murder charges. And he was like, I didn't murder anyone for the movie. Like, it's a movie. Um, and then they, he, he had to explain how he did it. And the next day in court, he, was, they, they, he brought photos because he's like, they didn't believe him at first. 
he was like, I have photos of how we did this. Like I have behind the scenes photos. And what they did was they put a little bike seat. They put a bicycle seat on a stick and then they, they helped it. They helped her get up there and she sat on top of it. And then she just put the, the other end of the, the stick in her mouth and then looked up. That's all they did. And it just looked really real, obviously because it was a practical effect, but they even got the girl to like phone in or like send a letter or video, a recorded video of her, like saying like, I'm right here. I was the actor. I sat on a bicycle seat and it was crazy. Like you should just read about it. It's really funny. Um, Alita star wants a sequel, but is unsure if film fits Disney's image. Obviously when this movie was coming out, it was produced by Fox. This was of course, right before that Disney bought Fox, according to actor Christoph Waltz, who played, uh, Dyson Ito, um, a sequel is still up in the air due to Disney Fox merger. In a recent interview with Collider, Christoph Waltz was asked whether he would be interested in it's doing a sequel. And he said, uh, I was, he was really excited by the possibility, but he hasn't heard anything so far and fears that this is due to Alita's inability to fit the Disney brand. He said, I know that people liked it. And aside from what others said, I loved it and I liked working on it. And I liked the result. Waltz said, you know, it was Fox and Fox doesn't exist anymore. Now it's Disney. Maybe it doesn't fit into Disneyfication, but I have no clue. I have no clue. Maybe they're working on something and I wouldn't be the first person to hear. But meanwhile, I haven't heard anything. So I'm excited. Like, I mean, I I really wanted there to be a sequel. Maybe a different production company has to buy the rights and and knowing Disney, they don't they're not going to give up stuff. You know, what I mean, they just don't give up things like, okay. Get this, right? Trisha just told me this today. There's this new pod. If you've watched the show, have you ever seen the show Scrubs? The the guy who plays JD, Zach Braff, and the guy who plays um, Chris Turk, uh, Donald Faison, they started a new podcast recently. And it's called... Oh, I forgot what it's called. Um, it was called Fake Doctor... I don't know. It's called Fake Doctor's Real Friends with Donald Faison and Zach Braff, I think it's called. And anyway... Um, what the podcast is, is literally each episode is them watching an episode of Scrubs and doing commentary on it, like behind the scenes stuff. And they only have the first two out. And they talked about Rowdy, which was the stuffed dog that, uh, JD and Turk had in their apartment. And apparently, um, since it, that was a show that was on ABC, Disney owns ABC. Um, ABC is a Disney company. Apparently, JD or, or Zach Braff wanted to keep Rowdy after Scrubs was over, and they wouldn't let him keep it because it was a Disney quote unquote property. It was a quote, quote unquote Disney property, and they wouldn't let him keep it. So he's just like sitting in a warehouse somewhere. And Zach Braff's latest movie that he wrote and directed was called Wish You Were Here, which came out in, I think, 2013, 2014. Apparently, he called. Disney and said, can I borrow Rowdy? Because this movie is full of Easter eggs of movies of my past. And I want to hide Rowdy in one of the scenes. And they were like, yeah, but you, you, you have to give it back. We can only let you have him for this long. And you have to do that scene like right now or whatever. And apparently the person who brought Rowdy stayed on set while they had Rowdy the whole time because he, they didn't want anyone to take him. He didn't want Zach Braff to take. And it was like, that's so stupid. It's a, it's a little, it's a prop. It's a stuffed dog prop. Okay. That they use for scrubs. And what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with it? Disney? You're just holding on to it. Like in a warehouse somewhere. Like it's so stupid. Just let Zach Braff have it. It's so dumb. So stupid. It's fucking Disney though. So, you know, anyway, 
that is my non-anime news. We're going to take a, a small break right here. And uh, we'll come back with the anime news. Okay, so hang tight. Links.animesummit.net. You can find everything right there. Um, of course, uh, patreon.com slash anime summit. If you want to become a patron, please do. Although I I know due to circumstances, that is, you know, current circumstances during the pandemic. If you if you don't want to become one, please don't. Like if you can't, you can't, and I totally understand that. Um, so if you are a patron and you're still a patron throughout this whole thing, I really appreciate it. I appreciate that so much. You have no idea. Um, please do not feel bad about canceling you know, being a patron, whether it's for the pandemic or for any other reason, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what it is. That That's the beauty of Patreon. You can choose. You can just be like, you know, you can make one-time donations. You can just be a patron for two months and then quit it. You know, that's the beauty of it. So anyway, let's get into the anime news, shall we? And then at the end, I kind of want to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I have not played it yet, obviously, but I kind of want to uh, do a fun little opinion at the end. So anyway, Anaplex USA to release Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl film on Blu-ray disc in June. So if you were a fan of that, that is coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, I know um, it's funny because one of our patrons was talking to me on Discord today. His name, his name on Discord is Tack. Um, they were talking to me to, to me today about wanting to play Weishwartz. And they were like, I'm trying to build Rascal, uh, you know, Bunny Senpai on on white shorts but the set is so expensive you can't find cards so expensive i'm like yeah dude because every time a fucking set comes out it just goes like you cannot find boxes you have to buy single cards like there's no way <laughs> like um but yeah uh yeah so if you want to buy that blu-ray coming out in june sony of america to invest 400 million dollars in chinese streaming platform billy billy sony announced on friday that sony corporation of america will pay about 400 million dollars to buy 17.3 million shares of Chinese streaming platform Bilibili. The purchased shares will account for 4.998% of the Chinese company's stock. The companies plan to collaborate on projects in the Chinese entertainment market, including animation, mobile games, and signing their business contract. Um, the company Bilibili was founded in 2009, and it's China's, China's largest streaming platform for Japanese animation, above Tencent Video and... Uh, IQIYI. The company streams anime titles and also invests in anime productions. The website also includes Chinese animation and user uploaded content. The service collects both advertising revenue and pay per view subscription charges, kind of like YouTube, I guess. Um, American anime publisher Funimation and Billy Billy jointly announced a partnership to acquire anime licenses in March 2019 for the partnership. Both companies are jointly acquiring licenses over the next few years, including IP rights for broadcast television, video on demand, electronic sell-through, home entertainment, gaming, and merchandise in the United States and China. So I wonder what that could mean. Uh, that could be interesting. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba anime film opens on October 16th. Uh, the Mugen Train, man. The new trailer came out for today. I'm fucking excited for this. I'm sure all of you are as well. I fucking love it. Demon Slayer made my top uh, 10 of the, the my top 50 decade list. So I'm excited for that for sure. 
Sword Art Online Alicization War of the Underworld Anime, delayed till July. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to come spring, right? But now it's coming kind of middle of summer-ish. It was slated to premiere April 25th. Now it's coming in July. Um, that makes sense, obviously. I want, I want to make it very clear here that there's going to be a lot of anime. There's some other things I'm going to talk about here that were delayed during, delayed due to the pandemic and, you know, uh, the Rona or whatever. And th- I want I want to make it very clear that my personal opinion on this is I would rather have things late or not at all if it means that the creators are not going to be safe. If their life is at risk or health is at risk at all, I don't care. I don't fucking care at all. It's the same thing with the KyoAni, uh, the KyoAni incident. Um, I did not realize how serious that situation was when it was first announced. Um, you know what I mean? I, it just, and ever since then, um, and I've always, I've always thought that, but ever since then, it's just been more so, um, the creator safety comes first and the creators like human life always comes first. Okay. Like that's just point blank period. So although it's a bummer and you're allowed to be bummed, obviously it's a big bummer for everyone, but, um, I would rather have that or not at all as long as it meant that the creators are safe. So that is going to be delayed till July. Um, I do love Alicization a lot. I think it's the best arc since Aincrad, in my opinion. So, uh, oh, dude, speaking of limited run games, I guess I could have done this in the, the non-anime news, but it's a visual novel. Limited run games announced on Twitter on Thursday that it will ship a physical version of the Nintendo Switch version of Visual Art and Keys Clanade Visual Novel in the West. The company will also release a collector's edition that includes the game, visual guidebook, and arranged uh, original soundtrack. So that is pretty cool. Pre-orders will open on April 14th. There you go. Okay, so normally I don't like to talk about live-action anime or stage plays that they'd be, they be doing. Uh, an- Anime-adapted stage plays or anime live-action anime. But the Keep Your Hands Up Isaacin one, Isaacin, um, they just released like this this little behind the scenes trailer on their Twitter, um, showing how they're doing the special effects in the movie, because obviously they're using special effects to to show like the the scenes that Asakusa and all and uh, Subame and Kanamori are imagining, and the thing that they showed was the the flying vehicle with the wings from the first episode and it looks really cool like i obviously i thought the anime was really good i don't really care about the live action adaptation of it um but it does look really cool i just thought that was worth mentioning just because we 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 talked about azakin in our latest step so um Sorted Online Editor is writing his own web novel. Former Dengeki Bunko Editor-in-Chief and a certain magical index and Sorted Online Editor Kazuma Miki has been dipping his toes into writing novels himself. On February 10th, he started publishing a web novel on the online novel website Shosetsuka Ninaro. The story is titled Cheat no O Isekai Tensei no Saikyo Yusha versus Mura no Junin, the Cheat King, the strongest hero reincarnated in another world versus a villager which is in an abridged synopsis, is translated as follows. Uh, here's a synopsis right here. What if, what if, instead of being the overpowered protagonist reincarnated into another world, the cheat side, you're one of those people whose lives are trampled on 
on the side being cheated. Yuri is a young boy from a certain village and an aspiring soldier. If he keeps up his diligent hard work, he may be even be able to pass the test to become a member of the Imperial Knights. But one day his village becomes a sea of fire. Yuri is attacked by the shadow that killed his family in the face of such uncanny and overwhelming power. He cannot make a single dent. Later, he discovers that these shadows were invincible beings reincarnated from a different world called modern Japan, armed with the strongest bonus specs. Having narrowly avoided death, Yuri swears to defeat the mysterious shadow. To do that, he bowers the power of the god of darkness lurking in the world's abyss. He obtains the power of immortality. No matter how many times he dies, he'll rise again. His sworn enemy is called the Hero, so he'll become the Demon King. That is kind of cool. I would love to see that. It's an isekai from the other side, which is kind of sweet. Um... It's funny because I keep saying I'm sick of guys, but, like, recently I've been talking about, like, oh, man, this one's kind of cool. It's because it's different and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. But that actually seems interesting. I'm excited for that. Uh, Weekly Shonen Jump magazine delays issue due to possible COVID-19 infection uh, at the magazine. Uh, that is that is scary. That is okay. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I would rather have it delayed. Obviously, like I just said, I would rather have it delayed or not at all. Um, but an employee had reported on Thursday, April 2, that they had a fever and refrained from going to work. The employee instead went to the hospital and is being ordered to stay at home. Um, that's pretty good. I mean, as, if they catch it quick, hopefully he didn't spread it too much. And yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, um, if you want to hear about weekly Shonen Jump coverage, um, Project Manga Podcast, really cool podcast. I've done a couple of their extra show uh, episodes with them, and Noxie was on our podcast once with the manga therapy where he recommended manga to us and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, I love project manga. They're super cool, but they literally cover weekly Shonen jump weekly, like legit weekly. As soon as the new magazine comes out, the new weekly magazine comes out, they read it, review it and they do Yeah, they do a podcast. It's awesome. So hell yeah. Um, the Annecy International Animation Film Festival announced on Tuesday that it's canceled this year's event due to concerns about the spread of the the disease. Um, it was supposed to be – they were supposed to have a selection of content on April 15th and things like that. Next year's uh, will be held in June. I believe that they were supposed to hold theirs this, this year in May or June also. Um but yeah, you know, I know that's the summertime and people think that like, you know, in the summer things will be better or whatever, but you never know. You really don't know. And obviously, uh, it probably, even if we do, you know, get there by the summertime, we probably still want to avoid huge crowds even after the fact. So for a little bit, you know, for a little bit longer. So I agree with that. That's okay. If you don't know what Annecy Film Festival is, literally YouTube it. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. That's something you can do while you're quarantined at home is just literally watch a bunch of Annecy Film Shorts because they're fucking amazing. Um, Tokyo Pop delays delays print releases for April and May. They announced on Tuesday that it is delaying the releases of its upcoming titles slated for April and May due to the effects of the pandemic. Um, that's Aria, the Masterpiece, Volume 6. Uh, Futari Bea, uh, Room for Two, Volume 7. Kilala Princess from Disney Manga, uh, Koi Monogatari Love Stories, Volume 1, um, No Vampire, No Happy Ending, Ocean of Secrets, Undead Messiah. So yeah, uh, there you go. If you're reading any of those, you got to hold on a little longer. Uh, Crunchyroll to stream ReZero, The Frozen Bond, Shadowverse anime. Uh, there is an anime called Shadowverse, and they are streaming that bitch. Oh, is this, like, is this some fucking... What is this? Is this some kids' card game anime? 
Oh, it is. Shadowverse. Is this a card game thing? What is this? Oh, it's a card battle smartphone game. Uh, anyway, I think the more important thing is ReZero the Frozen Bond. You know what? I was I was discussing whether or not we were going to watch ReZero or not. And I, I might just watch it just to watch it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Netflix adds final 41 episodes of 1986 Saint Seiya anime with new English dub and subtitles. Uh, this is the original. The last 41 episodes was added to Netflix with a new dub. Man, that's crazy. Seasons 5 and 6 of the anime include episodes 74 to 114. Finishing the series, the series is available for users in North America, New Zealand, and Australia. So, yeah, there you go. New project teased for Hiroshi Takashi's Crows and Worst Franchises. The May issue of Akita Shoten's monthly Shonen Champion magazine teased on Monday that Hiroshi Takahashi's Crows and Worst Manga are getting a new quote-unquote legend in a new project this summer. Takahashi's Crows manga ran for 26 volumes and inspired a two-episode anime OVA adaptation. The manga has also inspired three live-action films by Takashi Miki, directing the first two. Um, and then Takashi also wrote Worst as a continuation of his earlier Crow series in 2001, and it ended with 33 compiled volumes in 2013. Um, the story follows a delinquent Hana Tsukima as he rises to the top of the gangs in the notorious Suzeron uh, all boys high school. So I'm excited for this man. Um, is this set in the crows? I mean, it's set in the crows universe then, right? It's set at Suzeron. I mean, I'm, I'll be, I'm excited as fuck. I love crows. I love worst. I didn't enjoy worst as much as I did crows, honestly, but Holy fuck. I'm excited. Um, there was a, there's a TV show, Japanese TV show called high and low where it's about some gang shit. And apparently there was a crossover film that just came out called High and Low, The Worst, where they went to Hosen Academy and fought like the bitches at Hosen, which is crazy, man. She's crazy. Um, I should read. I never finished Worst. I should read, finish that. Um, I'm not a big, as big into it as I am Crows, but um, My Hero Academia ended its fourth season last week um, and it announced a new season, but that is not coming out until July 2021. Oh, man. It's crazy. Um, they released a key visual for it, and it is Midoriya um, with his new gloves on about to flick. He's, like, flicking toward you. It looks fucking badass, man. That flick, though. Shit. Uh, Kodansha USA delays spring summer print manga releases. Kodansha, Kodansha USA Publishing, which handles the Kodansha comics and vertical imprints, announced on Friday that it is delaying many of its print releases scheduled for spring and summer 2020 uh, to later in the year due to the impact of the current uh, pandemic. Um, they added frontline releases such as Wave, Listen to Me, Tales of Berseria, and Drifting Dragons uh, are retaining their original sale dates. And uh, the punk company's distribution partner, Penguin Random House, will also continue to fill orders for backlisted titles. So, yeah, there you go. Um, that's all the anime news I got. Now, I kind of want to talk about Final Fantasy VII for a minute. Um, mainly because at first I wasn't excited for it because I'm so over Final Fantasy VII hype, to be honest with you. Um, Final Fantasy VII hype has been hyped pretty much most of my life <laughs> that game came out when i was six years old or something hold on a second let's look it up shall we let's look it up hold on a minute let me look it up 
Final Fantasy Seven. Here we go. Um. Oh, when I was so oh, wait, hold on, nineteen ninety, January. So yeah, when I was six, it came out when I was six. Like I, I was right. This game came out when I was six. Um, I'm almost thirty now, so you can like that's twenty four years. This game has been hyped up. Every convention I went to, fucking. They came out with Advent Children. They came out with Dirge of Cerberus. They came out with all these other games. Um, Crisis Core, which I do, I have played. I love Crisis Core. I think it's one of the greatest PSP games ever, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, I really hope that this remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I know they're going to be working on this for a while, obviously, because this game comes out in the form of episodes, quote-unquote. I just got to say this. I I just got to say this. I hope, even with all my, all my negativity, my me being a negative Nancy, I just I I hope, and I'm still gonna buy and play it because I am hyped for the remake. Don't get me wrong. I I'm hyped for this remake. I hope that this remake does really well. I hope it does amazingly well. I hope it does so amazingly well that. They decide to look at their other classics, their other really popular Final Fantasy titles, and do a remake. Like, I know that's a lot to ask, and it's a lot. We always we always have fun having these discussions of, oh, if you could choose this to be remade into this or whatever, what would you choose? Or if you could do this, what would you choose? We have fun with stuff like that, right? We always have conversations like that. They're really fun to have. But at the end of the day, they're just what ifs. They're just dreams, right? But, but, let me say this. A lot of those what ifs came true. When we were younger and we saw Advent Children, we said, Advent, okay, Advent Children, dude, that shit came out when I was, uh, uh, like 17, 16 years old. Okay. And the, the, around the time the PS3 came out, you know what I mean? Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. 2006. Yeah, I was 16. I was 16 years old. They had that like little teaser where it was like a PS3 trailer movie thing. And it was just to show the graphics of the PS3 and what Square could do with the PS3. And people were all excited thinking we were going to get a remake of Final Fantasy VII. And of course we were like, nah, it's not going to happen. It was just, all the rumors were dispelled right away. Square was like, no, we're not working on a remake. That was just to see, show you the power of the, the PS3 and things like that, blah, blah, blah. And we... And, of course, this is 20-some years later, but, dude, we still got it, right? So, in hopes of that same kind of thing, I hope even if it's 20 years from now, we get a remake of 6, we get a remake of the classic 4, even. Like, you know what I mean? And I I say classic 4, Final Fantasy 4 is a classic because it was the first Final Fantasy on Super Nintendo. And back then they just called it Super Final Fantasy and they didn't, uh, they changed the title. It was called Final Fantasy. 
just Final Fantasy. And um, I no, I'm I'm dead serious. Like I'm dead serial. Like, oh man, it. I would love to see a remake of of six. I would love to see a remake of uh, maybe not ten, maybe nine. Nine would be a sweet remake, but then they would have to do it in like they would have to keep the same kind of art style where they're kind of like shorter designed characters and stuff, you know. What if they did a remake of Tactics, right? Um, what if they did like a a full on sixty four bit pixel, thirty two bit pixel, like really fast streamlined version of Tactics? That would be sweet. Um, although that did get remastered reported once already with the PSP version of uh, War of the Lions. But, oh my god, could you imagine? Like, a remake of 6, dude. Like, I would love to uh, to play a 3D version like this of 6, and maybe they change the combat system a little bit. Maybe they don't. Maybe they keep it the same. I don't know. I would love to play the shit out of it, though. That would be sick. So, that being said... Could you imagine, like, we're in the age of, and I've said this millions of times before. I've said this on the, the episode we did with Shocking recently. I said it on the the Shocking episode we did, the holiday episode with Shocking. I said it. I've said it many times on this podcast in recent recent months. Um, we are in the age of remakes, reboots, and sequels and of old things like that. What would you want? What would you want remade? like legit tell me i want to know let's have a convo about it like i would love to know because dude it could happen we're seeing it happen right now the fucking game came out today like for real for real like that that is crazy man it's crazy and it's really cool and i hope it does really good because if it does maybe they'll remake six my favorite final fantasy game maybe they'll remake 11 in some weird way or maybe they'll remake nine you know what i mean that would be sick that would be dope um hell yeah dude so let me know let me know let me know what you think let me know what's a cool game that you want to see remade that's from back in the day i would love to see it that being said i hope you guys enjoyed this thank you so much please 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 stay safe wash your hands go out with a mask if you have to go out um put a filter in the mask wear two masks if it's a cloth mask you know, do your research. You know, I'm not a doctor. Don't actually don't take my advice. Actually, do read up on masks and safe stuff like that. Just be safe, okay? Don't touch your face when you're out. Wash your hands when you come back home. Um, wipe down with Clorox wipes and disinfectant and Lysol. Uh, your packages if you're ordering stuff. I know a lot of people are ordering stuff because they obviously can't go to the store, so they're ordering things. You know, ordering books, ordering manga, ordering anime things like that wipe down your packages just because you can never be you can never be too careful okay so just stay safe out there i hope i can get you guys more content extra more extra content to help you through these times of isolation and things like that that being said i love you very much i will always love you thank you so much for listening i've been sam and this has been the anime summit newscast